Welcome to another episode of Exploring Possibilities. I'm your host, Cheryl Sitz, with the hummingbirds and howler monkeys. I brought the jungle back with me. Isn't this fun? We are just back from Costa Rica, and what a trip. Yep, even roosters, you heard right. (laughs) Thanks for joining us today, where we broadcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and my website, journeyofpossibilities.com. Even the YouTube channel has got the best of the best at YouTube slash Cheryl Sitz. We have some of the most interesting conversations on the planet right here every week, inspiring you to explore holistic, spiritual ways you can transform life from the inside out. If you like what you hear, please support our work and help us cover the cost of bringing you these shows at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. Our show and this website are the skillful creations of tech shaman Mario Rosales of Tech Life Balance, and he can help you expand your digital presence too. Tell us how, Mario. Thank you, Cheryl. I actually want to say, first off, I don't speak geek. I speak English, Lightworker, Galactic, Spanish, or you name it, I can probably work it or figure it out, even sign language, maybe. Anyway, the truth of the matter is I can make it understandable for you. Technology seems to be very complicated for a lot of people, and I've been in it for a long time, and I can make it understandable. I don't try to sell you stuff that you don't need because that's not me. What I am, I am the type of person that can give you the truth. The things that you don't need, we can say, no, we don't need that. Or I even have a a listener one time that called me and we agreed that we weren't, uh, she wasn't ready for my services. So what can I help you with? I can help you with websites, blogs, video, podcasts, social media. And yeah, even that weird stuff, go ahead and give me a call and we can figure it out. Contact me at margosalas.net and I look forward to talking to you. Who are you? Why are you here? What wonders and opportunities await you beyond physical death? What happened millennia ago to create the damaged earth and fractured societies you see around you? Empowering, enlightening, internationally acclaimed, the Joseph Communications books offer answers to these questions. Spiritual, concise, contemporary, non-denominational, the communications originate from Joseph, a highly evolved discarnate spirit concerned for you and the future of the planet and its peoples. The words of Joseph and his soul group give you the power to bring light and change into your own life and the lives of others and to restore the earth. Available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook formats, the communications can be ordered today at www.thejosephcommunications.com and also from Amazon and other major booksellers. All proceeds are used for further publishing and advertising and to make the communications available worldwide. Well, we're getting ready to jump into 2019. And, you know, there are a lot of ways that I can help you reach more people and make a bigger difference because you're going to have some exciting new things coming out this year. And I want to be there to help. You can find out more about how I can help you at journeyofpossibilities.com under entrepreneurial services. Reach out and contact me and I'll help you reach more people and make a bigger difference. Some of us have traveled a long way to make our difference. Today's guest is here to help us walk the path we're here to walk and help the star seeds that are incarnated at this time on earth. James Thomas Devitt is a master spiritual teacher, channeler, and healer. He's the founder and director of the Awakening Network based in New Zealand, and he has over 30 years experience. He's taught in four countries, worked with people around the world. He works exclusively with the High Council of the God Star and Source in all of his work. 
His website is bluestarspiritual.org slash BSS, and I'll have that tagged right here on the podcast. Welcome, James. Thank you very much, Cheryl. It's, it's a true blessing to be here today. I think it's exciting that we're getting to record this show on the solstice. It's the solstice here in the United States anyway. I think it was yesterday there, right? Correct, but it's still, it's still, it kind of goes between the 21st and 22nd, so as far as I'm concerned, it's the solstice. The fun part is for you, it's the winter solstice, and for me, it's the summer solstice. <laughs> that is fun. I love it. Well, and you used to be a lot closer to where I'm located than you are now, right? You started out in the States, and now you're in New Zealand. How did you come to walk this path that is quite special? Well, to be honest with you, I was born in Los Angeles in, in Torrance, California, and I was raised just north of you in Oklahoma City. And of course, growing up in Oklahoma City, it's it's all part of the Bible Belt. And so I grew up as a Christian and everything. And Spirit had a very interesting way of getting me to move beyond the church. And then in 1986, I was working for the airlines, Jet America Airlines, in Long Beach, California. And on four different occasions, I called home. My mom and my grandparents, her parents lived together. And we actually grew up with my grandparents and my mom and my half-sister. And um, I would call home and totally freaked out and wanting to know what was wrong with my grandmother. And every time my mom would say, oh, no, she's fine. Everything's fine. And I talked to my grandmother and everything was, was all right. And finally, the last time I did it was around the 1st of November of 86. And a week later on a Friday, my mom called me at work and told me that my grandmother had fallen and broken her hip and that she was in hospital. They had done surgery and she was coming out of surgery and she was starting to come off the respirator because my grandmother was on oxygen the last nine and a half years of her life. And I asked if she wanted me to come home and they said, no, 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 everything's fine. So I get off the phone and I tell my supervisor and go back out. I worked for I worked in reservations. So I'm at my computer for about 15 minutes when I had to go back in and said, I have to have that pass to go home. So I got the tickets on Monday. Um, Flew, flew home on Tuesday, a very, very long day, got bumped off a couple of flights. I finally arrived in Oklahoma City at 9.30 in the evening. Now, I'd had like a um, close encounter with extraterrestrials and a UFO at the age of 13, things like that, but nothing overly moving, shall we say, in this direction spiritually, although I was highly spiritual my entire life. Um and um, I walk up to the airport in Oklahoma City and get up to the front, and I'm all by myself because everyone else has gone downstairs to get their luggage and stuff. And, and I hit, it was like I hit a brick wall. There was no one in front of me, no one behind me, no one around me, and it's like I hit a brick wall. I couldn't move. And I hear, clear as a, hit, clear as a bell in my head, look to your right. And I'm like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I, it's been too long of a day. And, and I just wanted to get to the phone so I could call my mom so she could come pick me up because I was flying standby and I didn't have an actual time I was arriving. And second time, look to your right. Put my bag down. I think I'm going mad. And then I heard it for a third time. So I looked to my right. And there's my mom at the American ticket counter trying to find out what time I'm coming in. So we go to the house and I say hello to my grandfather and then we head off to the uh, hospital. 
My grandmother is in a private room in ICU. And I find out on the way to the hospital that as of mid-morning, Sunday morning, she'd responded to no one. And now it's Tuesday night at 1030 at night. And I'm thinking I'm never going to get to talk to my grandmother again. And I swear to God, if it hadn't been for my grandmother, I probably wouldn't have survived my teenage years. She was the one anchor, the one real love that, that did everything, connects that connection that I had, that was it, was my grandmother. And I, my mom had me go into the room by myself, and I, I sat down on her bed and took her hand in mine, and, and um, she opened her eyes, and, and we talked. It was the last time she ever spoke. And she said that um, she knew what was going on. She understood. She'd already been to the other side, you see. She made me promise her two things, that I would stay on the path that I was starting and that I would make peace with my grandfather. My grandfather, I understood. The path, I had no idea what she meant. But I said, okay, no I mean, it was like, yes, ma'am. This is my grandmother, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. yes, ma'am. You understand that. You live in Texas. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, and so I found out about five days later, I'm getting ready to go back to the airport to fly back to California, and I find out from my mother that four times I called home wanting to know what was wrong with my grandmother. And my mom was so angry and so upset. And and she said, it's because all four times after you called, we had to rush to the hospital the next day and I missed it. Because the last time I called wanting to know what was wrong with my grandmother, at 8 o'clock the very next morning is when she fell and broke her hip. I was literally warning my mom. Mm. Now, at the time in California, my best friend was a guy named Hal. As far as I knew, he worked for the airlines that I worked for. He didn't work in reservations. I would see him come into the office and talk to managers and team leads and stuff like this. And on Christmas Eve of 86, my roommate Lexi and I and, and Hal got together at my place and kind of have a party to commiserate the fact that we couldn't be with our families for the holidays. And about two in the morning, I wasn't drinking very much because I had a friend of ours from work was coming at 530 in the morning and I was going to take her to the airport. So I wasn't I, I didn't want to be drunk or anything like that to take her. And, but my roommate Lexi was drinking quite a bit and Hal seemed to be keeping up with Lexi. But Hal didn't seem to be drunk at all and or anything else. And two in the morning, Hal looks at me. Lexi's going to the toilet and Hal's like, I got something really important to tell you. And we went out out to the back porch and. He tells me he, after a little while, because he's humming and hawing, but finally he goes, you don't come from this planet. You come from somewhere else. I said, yeah, okay. And then Lexi comes out right after that. And Hal's like, Lexi, you got to turn off the light, the porch light. There's too much energy out here. And I didn't know what he meant. And Lexi was too drunk. And the next thing I know, the light bulb exploded. Hal and Lexi go upstairs at five in the morning to go to sleep and my friend comes at 5.30, and I take her to the airport, and I come back. And from that moment till now, I have never seen, heard from, spoken to Hal ever again. <laughs> it's like he just disappeared. And I realized later on he gave me a clue because there was at one point a couple of months before this that he had made the comment to me at work. He said, it was the most amazing thing. I recorded myself on this tape recorder. And when I tried to play it back, there was nothing there. And then I also realized 
I had never seen Hal outside of work except for Christmas Eve. And what I got many years later was that he actually wasn't incarnated here. He manifested himself physically here to give me that message. Wow. And I went back to Oklahoma in, in the middle of January of 87 for my Christmas. And I'm not a visual person, but I'm sitting at this little bar that separates the kitchen from the dining room. And then to the left is the lounge room. And I'm sitting on a bar stool that my grandmother always used to sit in about two in the afternoon. My mom's at work. My grandfather's in his bedroom. And I look up and there's my grandmother standing between the bar and the dining room table. And she had this huge smile on her face. And that night and the next night on ABC TV was the two-part miniseries Out on a Limb by Shirley MacLaine. That's how it started for me. I love Shirley MacLaine. I'm so glad that she was in that story, too. That's just so cool. Another thing we have in common. Wow. So you had a lot of different things happening. You had premonitions. You had channeling happening. You had visitors coming. You had um, recognition of other worlds that had shown up in your childhood. You had a lot of things come through kind of at the same time. Did you just start channeling then, or what led you into the channeling work that you do now? Not at all, not at all. Actually, I went back to California after that, and in June of 87, I went back to Oklahoma because someone needed to be there full-time for my grandfather because my mom was working. So I went back to Oklahoma and took care of my grandfather for the last year of his life. He passed away in July of 88, and then in February of 89, My mom and I moved to Washington State. My mom was born in Washington State, and my grandfather had grown up in Idaho, and my grandmother had grown up in in Washington State as well. If you've ever seen the film on on the Galloping Gertie, that bridge in, I think it was Tacoma, Washington, that collapsed back in like the 30s, Mm -hmm. my grandmother was standing about oh, about 10 or 15 meters away from the bridge when it happened. Um, so my mom, for some reason, I didn't know this, but she had said, she she told me that she had promised my grandfather that after he passed away, she would move back to Washington State. So we moved to Tacoma. And, and, and then I, I found my very first metaphysical bookshop. And in June of 89, or in March of 89, I went to my very first channeling, and it was a being named Rajnee. Couldn't tell you what he said, but he said something at the very beginning that has always stuck with me. He said, I'm only going to share with you my truth. However, I expect none of you to accept it blindly as truth. I need you to discern it through your heart. If it resonates, explore it, experience it, see where it leads you. If it doesn't resonate, throw it away or put it on a shelf. Don't worry about it. If it is something that you require later on, it will come back around. And that was like my first lesson in channeling. And then I met a lady um, named Diane in uh, the metaphysical shop one day, and we started getting together about two or three nights a week doing exploring spirituality. She was fairly new into it, as was I. And then in August of 1989, I basically connected in with Archangels Raphael and Gabriel and began channeling. And no one taught me. They just opened me up to it. And they taught me everything from 
you know, in how to ensure that I'm only channeling the right type of beans, setting my rules, all of these types of things. And so they worked with me probably for about six to seven months solid before I before another being came in to and and I really feel like the things that they did was all part of a preparation for the channeling that I'm doing today. You touched on something I'd like to expand on just a little bit, um, and that sure. was setting your rules. Because I've heard you talk about it in your messages, and in, and it comes through in yes. your channelings. And I think it's so important at this time when we are all starting to really awaken to greater messages, hearing more things, our own powers. You you mentioned discerning through the heart, which is excellent. There are rules, though, that we can set as incarnated beings sure. on this planet. You want to talk about that just a little bit? Sure. I, I'm currently teaching a couple of different classes of opening the channel. So I teach people how to channel. And the very first lesson that I teach my students is you must set your rules. So the rules that it was taught to me is as follows. I command in the totality of the Lord God, goddess that I am, that only those beings of light who are here for my highest and greatest good are allowed to communicate to me, through me, or be around my energy field, so be it. Now, they altered a little bit when I discovered more about where I truly come from and stuff, but at the end of the day, that's that was the rules that I'd said before I did a healing, a channeling, a reading, anything for 23 years. Every single day. Finally, on one, on, there was one particular day they came to me and they said, you know what? You no longer need to set your rules. They are in stone. But that took 23 years to get to that point. And even after that, I still said them for six months afterwards because it was such a habit. Mm. And there are certain days where I will set them just because it feels like it, it needs to be done on that particular day. This is vitally important because this planet is, is a planet of complete free will choice. In the scope of, of the project that we know of as Earth, this is a project that is all about the evolution and ascension of what Al Sharon calls the humanity of Earth or the native human population. And what makes a human a native human? One thing and one thing only. Their soul has only resided on this planet. Whereas a starseed, their soul comes from another planet. The starseed are here to assist the, the humanity of Earth in their evolution and ascension process. And with that being said, because this is a planet of complete free will choice, this is only the fourth time this project has happened where it's been complete free will choice. Because of that, there's a lot of beings of darkness here. There's beings of light. There's all these different interactions going on. And, and people need to be very clear on what they allow and what they don't allow when they're doing spiritual work, when they're doing healings, when they're doing um, channelings, when, it, when they're doing any of these things. There have been many channelers that I've heard in person and it's like they're claiming to channel someone, and it's, they're not actually channeling that particular being. And they're not even aware of it because they, they don't bother to 
set their rules and, and things like this. Now, there is a question that we can ask. And by universal law and procedures on this planet, they have to answer this honestly. If a being comes to you and, and you're unsure of who they are, the question you can ask that they have to answer honestly is, are you of light or are you of darkness? And they have to answer that honestly. That's helpful to know. So just to, just to yeah. do the, the listeners a favor, James, are you of light or are you of darkness? I'm of neither. It's been really interesting because for a long time I, I would classify mis- classify myself as being of light. But the one thing that always confused me was I could walk into a room full of spiritual people, light workers, let's say, and they wouldn't recognize my energy. They wouldn't feel a connection. Um, I would meet individuals that I knew were of darkness, which fortunately hasn't been that often. But when I have met them, it was the same thing. They couldn't recognize it. And and I, it was it always confused me. And, and then during some personal channelings that I did, I would say over 10 years ago, probably more, closer to, uh, 18 years ago, 18, 19 years ago, it was it was very clear, made very clear to to me. It was like, you do not serve light, nor do you serve darkness. You serve this entire planet, and so, in in a way, it is kind of weird in that in the sense that we normally equate this type of spirituality to light workers, but there are a, a multitude of different ones who basically do different things. And so my whole thing is about, you know, really focusing on, on teaching people to discern, to open themselves up to, to trusting and having faith in themselves so that they can walk the path that they're here to walk. Um, Lightworkers, I tell you what, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. They've got lightworkers. I have nothing but so much, admiration for lightworkers because what they are doing is just beyond measure. Um, Al Sharon has talked about the age of choice and the age of awakening. And now, you know, that, that we are beginning to move towards the age of awareness. And it's like, if you want success in the age of awareness, that really is coming down to the lightworkers because the lightworkers are the ones who are anchoring in that love vibrational frequency that is literally becoming the foundation for being able to move cleanly and clearly into the age of awareness. And the age of awareness is basically, because I, I, I've been saying this for a while, I, I believe that within 50 years, 50 to 70 years, you won't hear about channelers anymore. It's very likely you won't hear about healers anymore. Uh, readers, I believe that's all going to probably go away. And people are going to be simply living a spiritual life without actually calling it a spiritual life. That's a great vision. It is, and that's the vision that I hold every single day. I love the way you responded to the question, and you caught me off guard, so... (laughs) 
thank you for answering honestly and expanding on your answer a little bit. I also want to talk about the healing modality that you do, the Blue Star Healing Method, and about your Awakening Network. How did all of that come to your awareness and get started? Well, in 1990, um, I was at Diane's house in Tacoma, the, the lady that I would, we worked together for about 18 months. That's where I first started channeling and stuff. Her sister lived across the street, and her sister was a sufferer of asthma. And whenever she would have a really severe asthma, uh, asthma attack, she would end up having to go to the emergency room and stuff like this. And one one evening, I'm at Diane's, and Diane said, can you go over and do a healing on my on my sister? And I'm like, okay, I've never done one before, but I'll give it a go. And she was having loads of problems breathing and everything. And I I just let my hands go where they needed to go. And they went onto her back and in her lungs. And I worked on her for about 15 minutes and her breathing came to normal. They, th- what they told me was that it was the first time she'd ever had an asthma attack where she had, didn't have to go to the emergency room. And I was really blown away by that. And so in March of 91, I went to, I, I saw that they were doing a, a Reiki workshop and I thought, Ooh, I'll do that workshop because I want to know a treatment. Like you start here, you finish here. I knew I was a healer, but I wanted to know a treatment that, that I could do. So I did the, the Reiki workshop. It's the only workshop or class I've ever done in my life. And so that was really good and everything. And, and I, I taught Reiki in, in Colorado and in California Washington State, in Hawaii, even in Australia. But in 1995, I was living in Sonoma, California. And my partner at the time, she made arrangements. Her name was Morgan. She made arrangements for her and I to go see this healer. I have, I couldn't even tell you what her name was. I, I never even heard her name. Never saw her before or after. It was. This is the only time I ever saw her. We went to her house and we were in a room. And she's basically working on me and going back and forth between me and and Morgan. And about halfway through, she turns to me. Morgan's eyes are closed. And she turns to me and she says, Morgan has this Roman helmet on her head. And I need your help to remove it. Now, I realized later on, she didn't need my help to do squat. But when she asked me that question, I said, yes, no problem. And she she also spoke light language. And all of a sudden, when I said yes, it was like a light switch was switched on. And I could speak light language and I could do etheric implant removal. And it was amazing. And I knew that, that I could create, that this was about something, creating something new that was quantum in nature. But every time I tried to go down that road, I was always told, not yet. It's not time. It's not time. Finally, in 2015, my wife and I had gone to the Cryon tour of Israel in, in September of 2015, which was amazing. And when we got back from that trip, I was told it's time. And so in April of 2016 in Wellington, New Zealand, I taught the Blue Star Healing Method for the first time. Now, this is this is a healing modality that I've never heard of anywhere. Um, 
it is etheric surgery. So I, I remove all sorts of devices, crystals, um, swords, daggers, meshes, caps, all sorts of things out of people's etheric body that is holding them back, that is keeping them from moving forward, that is creating fear within them, all these types of things. I can replace damaged chakras. Now, generally, I don't like to just go in and replace a damaged chakra right from the get-go. I, You know, I'd make the determination, no, this can't be just healed. It needs to be replaced. And the funny thing is that the, the chakra that I've replaced the most is the throat chakra because so many people refuse to speak their truth. Um. There are times when in, in a past life, someone has lost their leg, someone has lost their arm, and you get to that part of the treatment, and you're going, um, I'm not feeling anything, because etherically, there's nothing from, say, the elbow down to the fingertips. Even though physically there is, etherically there's not. We can regrow that limb etherically. Um, a lot of shackles on, on wrists and, and ankles because of being slaves and things like this, I notice a lot of slave collars around necks. There are times when there is gags put into the throat chakra because someone has been told to shut up all the time and, and they've allowed that and it's like a gag. Um, plates over the front and the back of the heart. And so we remove all of these things and we open it up and, and it, it's incredible the things that I've experienced in doing this and this year was the first time we actually took it beyond New Zealand. And we taught it in Sydney and in Perth over in Australia. Um, I'm doing a workshop in Christchurch in March. And then we've got one that's going to be over in Edinburgh, Scotland on the 1st and 2nd of June of next year. And then I'm back in Sydney next year as well. And I'm hoping to bring this to the States either some point in the latter half of next year or in 2020 or even to Canada. I've got people interested in us bringing it to Canada as well as the U.S. So, um, And it just keeps growing. And one of the really phenomenal things about it, it's completely quantum in nature. Every time somebody learns this healing modality, they get connected to a grid work with all the other Blue Star healing masters. And it's like you can be, you can be doing a healing on somebody and you can draw energy, you can draw all of these different things from the collective, and it's amazing, and it's like it's a non-interference, because you, when you do this healing modality, you're not use, using your own, heal, your own energy. The energy is actually being supplied through from source. That's the only way I can describe it, through your heart, and it's an amazing experience. Well, I do want to say here, if anybody's interested in working with me to bring this to Texas, I would be happy to talk to you. So definitely reach out to me through Journey of Possibilities and we can set something up. I, I first heard about you, James, through a mutual friend in Australia and and it, you came highly recommended. She said, you know, we've tried so many things, but this is making a huge difference for a man that we both know that I met when I first started my awakening journey. And he's a powerhouse. He's an ancient soul. And they swear that your work has really 
helped him tremendously. So there is definitely something to this blue star healing method. And you work with some interesting people as well. So I've had, I've had the pleasure of a reading from you. So you also do readings and then you have a couple of other people in your network. One of them who is going to be on the show coming up named Anita. She does readings. So tell me a little bit about the readings and how you feel that they benefit clients. Well, I created a reading back in 2015 called the Personal Akashic Scroll. And it's very unique because it's it's there's not a reading out there like it. I, I do understand there's a lot of people out there who go, but I do Akashic readings and this is not that. My reading is basically, because I'm a channeler, it does help in this regard. I tell a person about their, their life path and personal year and numerology it just gives them a little bit of an extra bonus type insight into things maybe that's happening in their life. I then tell them about three of their guides, spiritual guides. And with that comes personal messages from each one of those guides. That's where the channeling comes in. I then tell them about three of their past lives. I've been doing past life readings for over 20 years. And then it follows that with a, a message. And, and the whole reading is, is, if you read it from start to finish, it's, it's, there's a theme between what the guides are saying to you and what the past lives are saying to you and the message at the end. And it's all geared around assisting you to move forward on your path. And they're about six and a half to seven pages long. So, I mean, they're, they're a, a large reading, and I do them solely from a photo of your face and eyes and date of birth. That's all I get, and then I do the reading. Probably my most incredible experience in doing these, I mean, I, I get phenomenal feedback all the time, but there was one time the second guide I got for somebody was a little girl. She was about 11 or 12 years old. Now, I've told people about their guides for over 20 years, but this is the first time I've ever run across a guide that was a child, like 11 or 12 years old. And But it was like, that was almost like a test for me because it's like, are you going to trust what you're getting and put it in anyway? So I did. And I sent the reading to the client and the client came back and, and was so blown away. And she said, I know exactly who that is. And that just blew me away. Now, Anita Davies, I actually, and she'll probably speak about this, I actually awakened her um, much more fully in April of last year at a spiritual fair that we were both at in, in Christchurch. And it was from that where she began speaking light language and connecting into where she now does the starseed readings. Now, the starseed readings that she does are incredible. They are phenomenal. There's a, there's a great deal of information in there, and she's really good with names where I'm really crap with names. <laughs> so I'll tell people about three guides, but I, you won't get a name from me. But I'll, I'll tell you what they look like and what they're wearing and all that. <laughs> um, so her readings are, are several, like four or five pages long. Her readings are phenomenal. And then we've also got Samantha Hayden, who does guide drawings. Now, it's very important to me that the people that I have doing readings, like Anita, are of the highest caliber. I don't want, I, I need people who are who are doing this for the right reasons, 
who are doing this from the heart. It's not about ego. It's not about, oh, look at me and how special I am. It's about we're, we're all about service. And so my the original is Blue Star. The original name was Blue Star Spiritual Group. And it's, I've kind of shortened it to Blue Star Universal. And the Awakening Network is is the group because the Awakening Network is about creating a network of people around the world. And it's about awakening, not just awakening like your initial awakening, but the continual awakening where you're moving more into alignment with who you truly are. Yes. With your purpose on this planet. And so that's that's the crux of what the Awakening Network is all about. And I thank you for the question because this is the first time I've ever publicly stated what that meant. But that is what it means. It, it's about, you know, we're all in this together. I'm, I would love to be able to do my readings and my healings for free. But like everybody else, at this time anyway, we have to pay our bills. We have to pay our, you know, buy our food, all of these things. And so I have to charge for it. But at the end of the day, it's like I want to make sure that if someone gets a service, gets a reading, I also do house clearings. And I do these by distance as well. And I, I did a healing. I'll give you an example, a distant healing. I did a healing on a gentleman in South Africa. And his wife had organized it for, for him, for herself, for her son, and for someone who worked for them. And the very first re, the very first healing was for her husband. She didn't tell me anything about him. She just sent me his photo. I did the healing, and the very first, one of the first things that I got during the healing was I had to remove a curse. Now, when I do one by distance, I write a full report of everything that I find, everything I remove, everything like that. And I sent her the report, and she came back and says, I don't know how the hell you did that, but he was cursed 18 months ago. I've had people in Germany that I've done healings for write me and say, I don't know how you did that, but I woke up for the first time pain-free in over six months. I get these reports all the time, and it's, it's, it amazes me. Even though I know the power of it, it still amazes me. The house clearings as well. I did one for some uh, lady's parents' house in, in Auckland. She said there's, they've seen orbs. They know that there's a lot of beans there, a lot of crossed over souls. They really needs to be cleared out. So I did a house clearing. This was like oh, 10 days ago. She wrote me back and she said, this is the best this house has felt in, in over 10 years. This is the feedback I always get. And so I want to make sure that whether it's Anita, myself, Samantha, my wife Janice, she does tarot readings uh, for the site as well. I want to make sure that, you know, if someone's going to pay us money, something that they've had to work their butt off to, to earn, I want to make sure they get the very best thing that they can get. That's fantastic. So it's good to know that everything coming through there is of the highest quality. And I've had readings from you guys. They're amazing. Um, I, I loved your reading from my guidance. And then I followed that up with a reading from Anita about where I originated from. And it really yep. resonated with me. And there's just a power in, in getting these that I, I want to share with the listener because Knowing where we're from, it was so intriguing to me when I found out where I was from. I had heard that before and I had experienced that before in ceremony, but to get the in-depth report like that and 
it gave meaning to what I thought was my personality. Like it's so much more than my personality. It's my soul's journey. And I've been like that a lot longer than this lifetime. So it's kind of empowering to learn that about ourselves. And, and it, it gives us access to expand further and to raise our vibration higher. And that is what we're here to do. So I appreciate you coming on here and I appreciate all that you're doing with your network and you're traveling more and bringing this into the world, into new places all the time, coming to the States, coming to places that you haven't been with the work. And, and what else do you see in the future? What, uh, what in the future, um, I'm currently, uh, we're working on a project at the moment, which I can't unfortunately speak about in the moment. Um, but in April we are heading over to Houston and I am, we are over the moon because I get to meet you and, um, uh, Mario in person. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, that's like, that takes it to a whole new level. Um, there's always, you know, you, you can feel these connections online and things like that. But when you get to meet in person, it takes it to another level. Uh, we are then going to go over to Mena, Arkansas and visit my stepmom and stepsister. And I want to meet some other people that were good friends with my dad. That's where my dad lived. And he passed away in January of 2015. We are then going to go down and do some work down in New, or- New Orleans for for a few days. And then we are off to um, England. And we're going to be doing some sightseeing and stuff there. And then on the uh, the last the Friday the last day of May, we have our Awakening Connections event at the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle Center in Edinburgh, Scotland. And then the first and second, we are teaching the Blue Star Healing Workshop. And then I know that um, after that, we'll be heading back home. So probably in August or September, I'll be back over in Sydney. Um, I've got a new book that's going to be coming out hopefully next year. Um, our first book, which is called The Final Incarnation, I'm currently updating and we're going to be re-releasing that as well. We are going to be releasing the full 11 of the God Star activations, hopefully uh, by February. And I'm going to be, um, I'm also channeling, I'll be channeling a series of 10 to 15 lessons from the High Council of the God Star. And those are going to be available for people to uh, purchase as well. So I see I see a lot more travel in my future. I believe that I'll be teaching this over in the States. I believe we'll probably be teaching it in um, also in uh, Canada, back in Australia, in Europe, uh, possibly Asia as well. And we're just going to keep going until, you know, so we can reach as many hearts as we can and open as many doorways as we can for people to walk through and become all that they're meant to be here. That's and a, that's all I can do. That's a beautiful vision. Thank you for all your work and, and for all of your mm-hmm. service to help us all ascend and help earth get where she's trying to go. Um, I we're about out of time. So I'd like to ask you what I enjoy asking all of my guests, which is if you have a parting thought you'd like to leave us with today. I do. There are two things that is so vitally important for our journey. I don't care if you're a reader, a healer, a channeler, if you're simply someone who is just spiritual and doesn't do any of those things, but somebody that wants to be more in touch with themselves 
and to ensure that they're walking the path that they're here to walk. The two things that I need you to know the most is this. Just to do this, to be spiritual is one of the hardest things to do on this planet. To do it successfully, you have to have two things. You have to love yourself, and you have to have trust and faith in yourself for yourself. That's where it starts. And if you can do those two things, you're already halfway there. That's an excellent parting thought. I'm so glad that we connected, and I, too, am looking forward to meeting you, Mario and I, to having you and Janice come to Houston. And I feel yeah. like this is just the beginning, and it's going to get better from here. It, it will because, you know, I already envision both you and Mario learning the Blue Star Healing Method. And so I know it will happen. How it will manifest? Hey, I'll just leave that to spirit. <laughs> Well, that makes two of us. Me too. James, thank you so much for taking time at this busy time of year to join us, especially when you're with your family on vacation. Enjoy the rest of of your solstice energy and Christmas. And I look forward to us staying connected online until we meet in person. So do I. And listen, I send this out to everyone, but especially to you and, and Mario. Have a Merry Christmas and a beautiful, beautiful New Year. And one last thought. Don't make any New Year's resolutions. Just make a commitment to yourself and your path. That's good. I like that. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening to the show today. Let us know what you thought. Info at journeyofpossibilities.com. And don't forget, if you like the show and you listen week after week, please show us some love and give us a little support so we can keep this up at journeyofpossibilities.com slash support. And we'll see you next week on Exploring Possibilities.